0: You could probably go outside your room there and phone any engineer and say, hey, do you know about the SDGs? And they'll probably maybe eight out of ten don't.
1: Kiora, I'm Troy, here as CEO and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry, and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today we're talking with Chris Smallbone, past CEO of SAIW and WTIA, and past President of the International Institute of Welding. Chris has had a very successful and impactful career which has significantly advanced the science, technology, and application of welding around the world. Today, we're talking with him around the work on the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, commonly referred to as SDGs. All right, Chris, so before we get stuck into things uh, too deeply, I think it's probably important that uh, we, I guess we get the conversation kicked off with a bit of a question around, um, I guess, a bit about yourself and, and the work that you've done in the past. Obviously, you've uh, co-authored this report that has has come out, and uh, we might jump into a little bit more as we get into things. But give us a bit of a sense of, you know, I guess uh, a 30,000-foot view of uh, Chris's uh, work to date.
0: Oh, well, I was born in Liverpool originally in the UK, and then emigrated to South Africa back in 1974. I had 25 great years there, helping build up the South African Institute of Welding. And I emigrated to Australia uh, early 95 and uh, built, basically built back up the Australian Welding Technology Institute of Australia. But parallel to that, I've been heavily involved in the International Institute of Welding. And one of the common themes all the way through is uh, in my life, I've seen lots of poverty. uh, You know, having lived in South Africa and traveled and worked in a lot of the African countries from Joburg, you see a lot of terrible poverty and so on. So one of my key goals has always been how to improve the quality of life of people. And of course, when I say the environment, animals, habitat, everything that goes with it. So basically everything I've, I've focused on, besides obviously improving welding technology in the country, has been about uh, improving quality of life.
1: Nice. Nice. So you've... Uh... I guess it, it's certainly been an interesting journey that you've had. I'd imagine that you would have uh, seen a few sights and sounds along the way.
0: Oh, plenty. And uh, met obviously lots of wonderful people as well. That's something one doesn't forget, that um, uh, there's probably oh, 95% of the people I've ever met have got that same culture of saying, well, how can we improve things? And um, I think although you see some negative things along the way, the positives far outnumber uh, the negatives and obviously I could spend hours going into so many of them, but there's been wonderful. I've been to more than 50 countries in the world in my career, some of them for three days. You're in there, you meet the people, see the culture, leave the country, and then you're trying to help them from afar, you and your team, you know, cause I've always had good teams of people working with me, small, but good teams. And of course, um, if I take New Zealand, Right back to the 80s, people like Gavin Fletcher, John Michael, Lou Richard, Wolfgang retired a couple of years ago, Troy now. And some of your wonderful welding people like Michael and Alan McClintock and Peter Hayward. I've been involved with them since the 80s, uh, following all the way through. So there's been, that's just one country as an example. Great positive things come out of New Zealand, for example, and similar stories in many other countries around the world. All
1: right. Well, what we're going to do is obviously, uh, again, we're we're keen to sort of just uh, understand a little bit um, about this report that's been co-authored. But before we do, I think it's important that uh, for those people that might not necessarily be super familiar, again, with the concept or, of STG or the Sustainable Development Goals, um, do you want to just frame up for us? Uh, I guess, again, at that sort of that elevated pitch or that 30,000-foot view of, you know, what is an STG uh, in its in its simplest explanation? And then I guess we can possibly get into a bit more around this report and then how it back, relates back to the metals industry and some of the things that uh, you've been working on there.
0: Okay. I've always had a very simple concept when I was living in South Africa. Um, in fact, there was a book written about Southern Africa and investment by welding and helping uh, improve that quality of life and if you if you go to the vast majority of people what do they want they want a decent job they want a decent roof over the head they want a decent education for the kids they want uh, health and safety and security and linked to that they want a, a decent environment the habitat the animals and everything else so to me it's very simple but that's the way most people think they don't want to have Porsches and everything else. They want a good, decent life and their surroundings are the same. So, building on that, that's what all these things are about. The project uh, back in 1994, we visited UNIDO in Vienna, and the director general supported an initiative at IW for us to set up what we call the Well Care Program how to bring help developing countries through welding technology. That then developed in 2014 to a project called the National Welding Capability Project. Now, I've been working, oh, with at least 11 countries on how to improve their national welding capability. And then back to 2015, world experts got together uh, under the United Nations banner and they agreed that by 2030, they would set up goals that had to be achieved by 2030, that would put, I'll use the word sustainable, it's used in many ways, but not just sustainable environment, sustainable jobs, try and get rid of poverty, get the health right for people, all the things I've said about that basic thing that people want. And these 17 goals in the UN um, document, to me are excellent, and welding and metals can play a part. In every one of those. And what I tried to do last April, I was invited to give a keynote address at the Romanian Welling Society International Conference. My paper was 31 pages long, so they couldn't publish it all. But I presented that paper, and the people loved the whole concept. Because what had also happened in engineering, the engineering profession, I'm just sure whether international body is based, But they came out with a report through UNIDO how engineering creates that sustainable environment and so on. So welding technology, metals industry, steel—it's all part of that. So the idea is to produce a document that will, through the United Nations, that will show how welding-related disciplines, metals and steel, and so on, can do a similar exercise. And of course. A uh, link to that is working with each individual countries, and through uh, through the Iw Working Group Regional Activities, where uh, we met in July, at least six countries have come to me talking to me about doing a report for their countries. And Troy and Michael Kapenko at uh, here or there, I've worked with them on this particular report you spoke about, which is just about to be put up on the website, and that's an excellent start, because. I'll use New Zealand government as an example. Um, since uh, 2018, was the real first time, 1718, where governments produced voluntary reports on how they'd succeeded. And the New Zealand government did this. And uh, you, the, you, the uh, Prime Minister of New Zealand is totally behind these uh, goals within the United Nations uh, agenda and is producing these reports. And many of the good things. Hera and the metals industry in New Zealand are doing fit into that beautifully. And that's what that report you mentioned does. So it's a very long answer back to you, but it gives (laughs) the people that broad overview. And um, if they look into the sort of shorter documents are produced, a lot of this information is there. But I think the beauty, Greg, is this, that it needs now your industry, individuals, to take ownership of all these things. And they can all contribute. You know, everyone in this world can do something that contributes to that. doesn't matter. They don't have to be rich and powerful. They can be ordinary people, but they can do good things which will contribute uh, to that.
1: No, very, very nice. I'm, I'm interested, uh, again, you know, you've, you've mentioned that there's obviously been a long history with Hera and a number of our former chief executives, as well as the current one. Um, this collaboration around this particular report was that something that fell out of uh, just that history or was there some other other things that contributed to the, the opportunity to collaborate on this particular report?
0: Well, oh, no, back in March, 2018, in fact, just after Troy started, I'd already arranged with Michael Kopenko that I would come over to New Zealand for three days. And by the way, everything I do is voluntary. I must emphasize that um, I came across uh, in March, 2018, it was actually also to celebrate Wolfgang retiring. He had a function there at Hera House, and uh, it was nice to meet all the old people. I shouldn't say that too much. <laughs> um, but the thing is, I came across, and we worked for three days on how to improve Hera's project na- on a national welding capability. Well, that links in beautifully, as I said earlier, with the United Nations goals. And And what happened is, Michael, a document was produced at Hira to show industry and the New Zealand government the value of what Hira's work in their welding centre was to the nation. And they did that. And in fact, the levy got increased. The, the, The levy got increased. So it's been this natural progression, Greg, you know?
1: Nice, nice. Um, I guess one of the things that um may you know, I, I don't know. I I might get in trouble for this, but one of the things that I think is a characterization of much of the engineering sector at least is there's a I guess a pragmatism and a practicality that comes with being an engineer. Um, seeing problems, you know, being able to design solutions, and then ensuring that uh there is those solutions are enacted and they actually see real results on the ground, whether that's a building, whether that's uh, machines whatever whatever the case may be so i'm I'm interested uh, I guess through that engineering lens um, talk to us a little bit about how you've seen uh, STGs and the implementation of these ideas uh, translate into really practical on the ground um, change for those people that need it the most.
0: Okay, obviously I could speak for hours on that. That thirty-one-page paper I mentioned gives some examples, and just to update you on that, I've also had other people around the world now feeding into that paper with examples, just like you're asking. And one that came up this morning in discussion: if you if you take the the goal on the medical health side, you know, welding over the years, welding and joining has actually enabled medical devices to be made so much smaller. You can actually push them through the body. Right? If you take the cochlear ear, ear transplant, for example, those, those that cochlear ear, ear, trans, ear transplant can go into a baby. So it's gotta have sort of like a 90-year integrity on it. So you can't have joints failing. So again, if you go into this that joint, it's in microns. Can you imagine one hair is about 70 micron? We're welding five micron. Can you imagine it, joining it? So those welds have to be fantastic integrity. So there's a good example. And then other things go through your body that are joined. And go the other end of the spectrum. You've got oil and gas industry, say, in New Zealand. Those old production platforms. If you go back to the 70s, there were some major, major catastrophes, especially in the North Sea. And we had that most recent one with BP off the coast of America. You in The ones in the North Sea were linked to welding. Uh, poor welding and so on. And when they failed, that was catastrophe. Hundreds of people killed, terrible pollution. Well, of course, with the welding side, what brought it on is that better has required reliability. So world experts have combined to produce top class oil production platforms and pipelines carrying fuel. So they won't fail. They won't create pollution in the seas. And if you go back to one of the SDGs, it's linked to maritime. Uh, marine applications you don't want to go destroying all the fish in the sea <laughs> and the rest of the the animals are all fish and, or sharks and everything else so there's there's one my one from a micro example and one to a real macro example and you can follow this all the way through of uh thousands and thousands of welded components Added to manufacturing i don't know if you've heard of that that's being used more than medical devices now as well you know some fantastic things now 20 years ago, that was welding. Now it's got this nice pure post-title additive manufacturing. Now, the IAW set up a commission on that, bringing world experts together as to how additive manufacturing can be used. And I say in things like medical, it's used extensively. Some of the universities do an absolutely fantastic work. Take water. Um, one of the things, if you take, well, water probably when the next wars is caused, not through oil, probably through people fighting over water, but um, pipelines, storage tanks, all these have to be welded and they have to be secure. And the you take a thing like landfill. Uh, TWI have done fantastic work over the years. You can have enormous landfill. where well, you don't leaks out of that landfill going into the, say, water uh, basin below it. So what they've done, they came up with, I'll use the word plastics, polyethylene, whatever. They use uh, these thin sheets that you can coat the base with and then you need them all welded together and they have to again be leak tight so there's many many uh, really good examples uh, right across the sdgs If you take the basic one like food well if you don't take your your welding processes and your your stainless steel environments for food processing if you start getting bacteria and uh, corrosion taking place and food getting contaminated you've got major problems so, again, when you go into those sort of factories, you'll see that the production of the stainless steel components is actually top class, high integrity, high reliability, and so on, cleanliness, all the rest of it. So just the basic thing is on food, even going to your agricultural equipment. you know, What happens if you're running a farm and your equipment's breaking down and things like that? You can't be a top class cognitive welder, so you need access to people who could actually come in, fix your machinery up and things like that. And the other end, take pressure vessels. If you take pressure equipment, they range from everything from minor little components through to massive big boilers of power stations and so on. The integrity, again, the welding of that has to be reliable. You can't have power failures because things keep breaking down. And if you look at all the renewable energy, um, you take all those uh, wind farms and so on. Um, I used to take study missions to visit other countries, people from industry and universities in Australia. And I'm going back now, 2006, visiting uh, turbine manufacturing in Canada, because we have them in Australia as well. So the welding there is a real integral part of making sure that that turbine top class. But even the challenges for the future, we hear things like hydrogen. Oh, hydrogen is going to be a fuel for the future. But a lot of people may not realize but hydrogen actually embrittles steel so again the challenge is that although one could argue and say ah oh, uh, steel won't be used for many of the uh, containers or the pipelines and the pipes for uh, hydrogen but it won't all just be uh, say polyethylenes and things like this it'll actually be steel so we have to overcome those challenges so they're all part of the uh, sdgs you know so mm-hmm. It's just
1: fascinating. Yeah, I know there's definitely, there's, there's a, a, I guess, a lot of intersections and a lot of points at which, dare I say it, you know, uh, there's a number of concepts that are welded together uh, under this umbrella of uh, the SDGs. What I'm also interested in understanding is, is I guess, from your perspective, you, you, again, you've got extensive experience across a number of uh, different countries. You've seen a number of different things. What you know? Where where are you finding uh, the the metals industry and the heavy engineering sector really getting a good handle around what SDGs mean at an applied level? You know, where are the areas that it seems to be that um, the penny has really dropped and we've 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 properly understood what it means to I guess to live these out and to make them a part of how we do business?
0: Well, I think the fact that in March this year, I think it was March the fourth. The engineering profession, as I mentioned, the international body, through with the United Nations, launched that report on what engineering can do. And to give credit to Engineers Australia, um, back in March, April, they also, um, I think it was a conference they held, um, on how engineering could help on the SDGs. So the fact that this international body has taken the action to produce such a report with the United Nations alone, just that action alone shows that a lot of people are taking it seriously. Now, I don't think it's as widespread or prevalent as one would hope, because you could probably go outside your room there and phone any engineer and say, hey, do you know about the SDGs? And they'll probably, maybe eight out of 10 don't, right? But organizations like Engineers Australia have been promoting them heavily. And in fact, uh, there's also an SDG on climate change. And uh, in November, they had um, a big um, conference and they had, uh, uh, I don't know, Senator Al Gore from America. He was a keynote speaker at it. And again, that's again linked into the SDGs and climate change and so on. So to say, like, for example, exactly how many people are serious about them, Actually, doing it every day? I'm not sure. But the welding is probably similar as well. And that's why I've always said my initiative uh, paper is like a catalyst. That's what I'm hoping for. The Canadians have just published uh, the abridged versions, only two pages in their magazine. They've got 70,000 readers, 70,000 members. So the idea, again, is start to stimulate those people right, to start to come up with ideas and so on. So and also implement them in Canada. Yeah, the Canadian Welding Bureau, they're doing a fantastic job, like bringing the indigenous population. Uh, one of the other SDGs is uh, with gender equality, uh, bringing women and girls, as they call, use it, their terms, into um, careers um, that gives them a decent life and so on. So Canadian Welding Bureau has set up some excellent programs for uh, females to come into and especially indigenous young girls, 17, 18 year olds now taking up careers and doing welded art and things like that so there's a lot of good actions taking place but this has to grow right? and that's the way I see it we've all got to be, even this podcast even what Troy and Michael are doing all these act as catalysts don't they right? we keep up promoting it
1: yeah, exactly. And I guess for me, I, I, that was going to lead into my next question is, is that obviously um, these are some aspirational uh, goals that, re- you know, w- will undoubtedly resonate with people that may have not necessarily heard about them before. I guess, what would you say to the business owner or, you know, the executive leadership team in an organization that, um, you know, may have not necessarily paid a huge amount of attention to the SDGs and, and kind of what they mean for their business? You know, where where would you be recommending that they they make a start on aligning themselves to this stuff? You know, it, I guess it would feel like uh, it potentially could be quite overwhelming. So I, I'm I'm interested to understand. You know, how would you break it down to give these people an opportunity to see? You know, a first and second step towards some sort of alignment around um, you know coming into into line with these STGs.
0: Well, I think uh, it's pretty straightforward, actually. Um, if you take the documents that have already been produced, now let's take a national welding capability, understanding that we produced 11 guidance notes covering how to set a bar and D, tech transfer, correct cultures, education, training, qualifications, certification, um, and non-destructive testing, all these different aspects linked into companies, in other words, what they need to produced a very good company, whether it's in fabrication, construction, maintenance or whatever, teaching, anywhere where welding is enabling technologies involved, all those organizations can look at the national welding capability approach that we've taken. And then in the paper we produce, I've given lots of examples under each SDG as to how their capabilities, in other words, link into those SDGs. And also I'm very happy to take any call from anybody. In fact, in the report that we're putting up on the HERA website right at the end, we're asking people in the industry for their contributions and we're given Troy's email address. And what would be great, for example, maybe for HERA, for example, one could be setting up, I know it's difficult with COVID, but one could be setting up a series of webinars or um, don't have to be extensive webinars, But this sort of thing, Q&A sessions, for example, and the particular parts of your industry uh, that are contributing really well. So I think the links are there already with the report going up on the website with Troy's contact details. And in the wider sense, I'm very happy to receive any emails from anybody who wants some help and I can feed information back to them. So I think it's up to the individual, probably the CEO or anybody in the company who sees the merit in doing something about this and can raise it and say, hold it. Why don't we look at this, look at that and so on? Because there's lots of things. Don't forget, if you want to get poverty sorted out, you've got to get things like productivity sorted out, haven't you? We've I've been working with Michael on improving productivity in New Zealand industry by bringing a world expert, Ari van Nieker, to New Zealand last year. And we had, oh, I'm guessing over 100 odd people attend the workshops he did. So you've already got people there receptive to these ideas. So it's a question of linking in with the industry. I won't use the word prioritise, but uh, see which are the uh, areas that would uh, get the most interest from people. And as you say, as businessmen, they would probably want to see if they can gain on their bottom line and at the same time do good on the SDGs. That would be the ideal answer.
1: Mm, Hopefully have your cake and eat it too.
0: Um, I I get the impression, uh, Chris, that you're a man
1: that has a a relatively extensive extensive, uh, to-do list. So obviously we've spoken about the report. We've spoken about kind of how you got into this and, and the work done to date. I'm interested to understand. You know, now with this report uh, out, you, you've got your 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 paper doing the rounds. Um, what what's what's next? What's next on the list in terms of the development of SDGs um, across, I guess, across the globe? And what's what's next for you specifically?
0: Well, I think like everything else, um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm working with individual countries at the moment. But on the 28th of January, we have a meeting of the uh, IIW, the International Institute of Welding working group on regional activities. Now, um, funny enough, we started this whole welfare program back in uh, 1994. And the first meeting of the committee was actually in Auckland, believe it or not, oh. at the International uh, IIW International Congress in Auckland in February 1994. So uh, 1996, sorry. So so that was a great start there. But on this same group from those days, It meets again on the 28th of January. I had a meeting with the CEO of IW the other day, and I'm going to be proposing that the IW takes all the work I've done, plus the work other countries are doing, and we're going to link it into that document, first of all, and hopefully say, this is a world document now for use by anybody. Now, whether it goes to the United Nations or or whatever, I don't know yet. But the main thing is that's the next step to see how we can use, I'll use the word global document, what you were saying earlier about using things globally. So that's that. But parallel to that, you've got to look at the individual countries and regions. Now, if you take Africa, which I know very, very well, having uh, lived there in South Africa for 25 years and been to most African countries where uh, wonderful things have been done. Uh, you don't hear too much about them, in the sense there's many many problems in Africa, but um, the United Nations they've got offices throughout Africa, working on trying to improve these SDGs. So if one takes that global document was talking about and one made it for Africa, because there are peculiarities in Africa, say particular needs there, um, deforestation, for example major issues right illegal wildlife uh, terrible things going on and so on so there are certain things that one has to try to um focus on and i'm now working with the uh, south african issue of welding i used to be the ceo of the south african of welding from uh well for 20 years 20 years and uh, the new ceo i've worked with them for many years different ceos And that's what we're looking at. Besides the report for South Africa, taking the global report that I'd mentioned and Africanizing it. And they've just now in October, eight African countries have got together and they have formed a thing called the Welding Federation, which is like an African Welding Federation, the countries trying to work together. So right away, I see that as a vehicle and the United Nations presence in Africa where we can take all the ideas that are being generated from everywhere and use those in Africa to do lots of good work. That's a massive task. It's mammoth. But what you're hoping is that you're going to find individuals who have got that determination. I have two very – every time I give a lecture anywhere in the world, the first two slides they open with, one's enthusiasm. It's a quote by Henry Ford. And the other one is persistence, a quote by Calvin Coolidge, a past president of, the, of America. Those two tributes, if you've got enthusiasm, persistence, you can do anything. And that's what I'd be looking for. Like Take Africa, people who've got that, who can actually take something and run with it in their countries. That's what we're after. And that's big, big, big thing, of course. <laughs> but if you don't start, you won't get anywhere. And already I'm seeing individuals, I won't go into all their names and countries now, I don't embarrass anybody in any sense, but I've got a meeting at seven o'clock tonight with somebody from Europe, exactly doing this, right? So how can they, in an area, I'll give an example, Uh, back in 2002, I got together with Romanian colleagues, Bulgarian, Serbian and Greek colleagues, and we with the Southeast European network Because after the wars of the 1990s, remember, Yugoslavia and so on, terrible devastation and so on. Now, they've had tremendous success in the last 20 years, those countries working together on things like tech transfer and so on. So we've already got motivated people in the whole region who I'm confident will actually take it on themselves now to promote the SDGs. And as I just mentioned, the keynote address I gave, in April was at the Romanian Welding Society International Conference um, this year. So you've got people already motivated, and that's what I believe in. Enthusiasm, persistence, you can do anything in life. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, I love it that uh, we've managed to time things out at pretty much 2.35 on the dot, like we said. Um, from my perspective, I got through, we've got through most of that list. Um, and I'm quite comfortable with where we landed. You touched on a lot of different things there and uh, gave us a pretty good sort of uh, swoop through STGs and the report and whatnot. Um, I mean, is, like I say, from my perspective, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. Is there anything else that you wanted to add before we wrap it up?
0: Well, I think it's the wish. If we take what New Zealand's doing, which Troy and Michael and the other people are doing, I think I'd love them to build on that. If we focus on New Zealand, um, obviously they've got their board of directors and all these other people and you've got the whole industry, the membership. Uh, My recommendations would be that let's take this further now in New Zealand because if you go back to the Prime Minister's report, for example, you've got the the, the Pacific region and New Zealand is the major player in that region. So you've got all these different islands. You've got the Pacific Islands and so on. Uh, Now, in the United Nations reports, they refer to them as SIDS, S-I-D, small s. Um, Now, these uh, small states and so on, um, they need the help. And I think it's fantastic. And in the report that we're putting up on the website, there are a couple of ideas there. But even if you go to some of the good things, offsets in that report, which hasn't, I don't think it's been used in many other countries yet, but it's a great idea come from New Zealand. But in the Steel, the Sustainable Steel Council that's been set up, um, you've now got offsets whereby some of these small places are actually putting in forests to offset, I'll use the word emissions to a carbon footprint, whatever words we want to use, for the steel side of things. These are great initiatives, right? So you can learn from those small initiatives. And I think New Zealand, I'd love to see the industry through HERA, building on what we've done up to the, to, the, to date. And I'm very happy to carry on helping in any way I can. Um, as I gather information and ideas from around the world, because remember, there's a lot of people gradually getting more and more involved and coming up with ideas. And I'm having more and more meetings, sharing ideas and so on. Well, that's what it's all about, cooperation and collaboration. So I'm hoping with HERA, we can now, move this along and um, from my side as just an individual, all these other ideas I pick up, however, I can probably introduce into the mix so that the people leading the charge in New Zealand come up with fresh ideas and so on and make an even bigger success. And if you take New Zealand, it's 23rd by the way, out of the 165 companies uh, countries that have reported, Australia thinks 35. America didn't report, right? So coming 23rd at the moment is very, very good. And uh, probably our first report coming off is the one from Hera. I've got other countries. I said there was five or six countries I'm working with, but here is the first one coming off the block. So that's fantastic. So I'm saying what my wish is, let's build on that. And I'm quite happy to work with all the good people there, with Troy and Michael and all your crowd, all your team, and uh, and the members, of course, um, put in what I can as well in a small way.
1: So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Chris today. If you'd like to connect more with him, you'll find his details in the show notes. This was a great conversation today, and it is great to see how our industry is able to contribute meaningfully to the STG framework. As Mahitha Gadi said, the environment is no one's property to destroy and it's everyone's responsibility to protect. Food for thought till we see you next time. So hit subscribe, and if you like what you've heard today, please like, review, or share with any metalheads you know. Let's spread the word. If you like what you've heard today, you may be interested to review Hera's report on our role in progressing the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. You'll find the details in the show notes.